Hey everybody, Chris here, and just a quick disclaimer for you. So, uh, since we have people traveling this week, uh, Obert had some issues with his audio quality, so uh, please bear with us this week, and we'll be back to normal audio quality next week. Enjoy episode 17! Hey folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where three friends drink alone together. My name's Chris. What up? It's Todd. And I'm Obert. And now that you are in between two uh, major holidays, I guess, you're like right in that lull point. Right when you need a new podcast to listen to. Right, exactly. It's like the perfect way to both end and start your new year. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good, um, good time to think about your New Year resolution. <laughs> yeah, if your New Year resolution is to never miss a new drinking alone with friends, then it's a perfect way to start. Bingo. <laughs> uh, but I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday and a future holiday to be had next week. Uh, but as they, as one says, <laughs> as it said, but is that, is that how that goes? Is that the I think same? so? I think that's how it is. That's I what think. they always say when you go to the store between Christmas and New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you get a good holiday and a good future holiday in the future. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, I didn't. Uh, you know what? Through thirty years, I had no idea how to say that, but now I do. Yeah, I mean, it, all it took was was uh, <laughs> me and my worldliness and i was able to enlighten you on some and you're good at wordness (laughs) my good at wordedness me good at wordedness me do good words (laughs) oh man but uh so the fun fun thing gonna be happening soon tud's gonna actually be you know moving down south coming to tennessee for a good four days for four days that's so, what he thinks. He doesn't know he's never going back to Connecticut. <laughs> Listen, if there was a if there was a if there was a way for me to move down to Tennessee and not move back, I'd do it. But so f- you heard it here first, folks. So far, so far there ain't no way for me to do that. Oh, sure there is. You just just do it. You know, just 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 do just, it. Just throw That's caution to the wind and just say screw it. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. just you know whatever, just do it. So. What, just just be like Nike? No, just just do it. <laughs> Not Nike. Just do it. <laughs> so, Ty, what are you excited about for your visit to uh, Clarksville? Well, I mean, I'm excited because it's it'll be the third official time that I've been in Tennessee. Obviously, the first time was when we moved Chris. The second time was when I went down in June. This is the first time uh, Caitlin's going to be coming along, so she'll be able to experience Nashville and She's said to me multiple times how she wants to go see Nashville. And uh, we get to go see my other friend Grady as well during this time. I think it'll be fun overall. I think that, you know, every time I go to Nashville or Clarksville, I seem to get more familiar with the place. And I'm just excited to just go back down again. And I I get to see CJ, which is probably the coolest little person I know. He's pretty sweet. He, He is. So... You know, I'm just excited for overall for the for the entire trip. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a ton of fun. I'm I'm pretty excited for it too, obviously. And of course, you guys will be here for CJ's first birthday, which is pretty cool. Right, that's exciting. And, you know, uh, hashtag be on the lookout for cool gifts that we're sending him. And that's mail. not a hashtag. 
<laughs> hashtag Bolo. Sorry, you went over the character limit on hashtags. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have two hundred and forty characters for a hashtag. According to Twitter. is that is that real? Well, I think I think Chris had it right with Bolo. Uh, yeah, Bolo. Okay, well, I like Bolo. Be on the lookout. I said that at work the other day, and my one of my coaches was like. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, that's what the kids say. Yeah, maybe I'm an old, but that's the first time I've ever heard of this. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I swore. I swore that's what the kids said, say, but then but then the kid told me that, no, that's not. No, what that's, is, that's, that's a Chris that's thing. That's not a young people thing. <laughs> I can safely say I've never heard of Bolo. As, yeah. the, as the youngest of the three of us here, Bolo does not exist. Be on lookout. Wait, 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 wait. You aren't the youngest. the true sign of a young person is when they they have to claim that they're illegitimately the youngest that's how you know someone's actually young when they're trying to prove i was hoping to scoot that by the youngest on the pod yeah he he caught that real quick except for the the oldest oldest person on the pod caught it so yeah (laughs) yeah right because i'm so wise oh yeah of course my wizened wizened in my ears we call that sage-like yeah, exactly. Sage-like wisdom. Oh, man. But uh, but that'll be fun. But, Obert, what have you been up to? Skiing? Something no, along those lines? No, I've been what? flying to New Jersey. Not getting that uh, money yeah. out of that ski trip. That ski pass. Yeah, so I've been doing some flying lately. Came down, came out of Montana. My my winter hibernation flew out, flew out <laughs> to visit my family in Philadelphia or outside of Philadelphia in New Jersey. Actually, yesterday we went into the city. We went to a really cool speakeasy called the Laundromat. And all it is is it looks like a just like a regular steel door you would see leading up to some apartments where you hit the buzzer to get let in. There's no sign out front or anything. So you hit the buzzer. Some Chinese guy comes out, and I think he's the owner. And he's like, okay, because you're in Chinatown too. So he comes out, and he's like, okay, and you see everybody's ID. And then he takes your ID and goes inside for a minute. And then he comes back out. And he's like, okay. You step inside to like a kind of an intermediate room. It's like, all right, there's two rules. No pictures at all, which is why we don't have anything to share for the Instagram. And no talking on your phones. And then he's like, okay, if you, if you break those rules, you're kicked out immediately. If not, all right, come inside. And then you turn around a corner and you go into this really cool looking bar area. And they had a bunch of really neat cocktails, which were a lot of fun. I had... So- so wait, hang on. Does that, by the conversation of no talking on your phone, does that mean that you can't text on your phone either? Uh, texting is allowed. Okay. But no converse, no. Like you can't take a, you can't like accept like a business call in the middle of the bar. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But it was just like totally, I don't even know how my brother-in-law Justin found this place. I think it was just word of mouth because there's no, nothing on their website or anything. It's really hard to find, but I, you know, I probably shouldn't even be telling you the name on this podcast. Oops. Oh, well, uh, now you guys know <laughs> if you go to Philadelphia and you look up oh, the no. laundromat, you can go check out this cool, this cool speakeasy. Yeah. At least, at least it's like a really specific name. So you can probably find it really easily <laughs> right? just yeah. by typing it into Google maps. You yeah. Know? La- laundromat, laundromat Philadelphia. You get there. Right. <laughs> Yelp, Yelp brings up 1,362 results. <laughs> well, better better start knocking. Yeah. That's that's cool. Is this is this the second speakeasy you've been to or am I making that up? Um uh, the f- uh, maybe. 
I mean, the first place that I, that you could consider a speakeasy, the one I went to in Olympia, wasn't really a speakeasy. It was just like a kind of a cool underground bar. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah. That was the one with the weird music, right? Yeah. Yeah. Weird music and like weird satanic statues. Mm, yeah. But uh, after we left the laundromat, we did go to a brewery because, you know, I got to when I'm in a new city, I got to check out the new breweries. And I went to I think it was called Love City, you know, City of Brotherly Love, Love City Brewing. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I know. Very it was fancy. Pretty cool. First brewery I've ever been to that had food trucks inside of it. They were like in the back, which was a little weird. Like drove like the the trucks into the brewery? Yeah, I didn't really go and check them out, but it just smelled like french fries in there <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah i guess that's a Steak i guess it's not a bad way for a brewery to smell yeah and um we shared a picture on the instagram i had a pint of the resilience ipa yeah which yeah, we first were, one to find it yeah previously featured um i was really excited when i saw their menu i knew immediately that was what i had to try drinking because we had talked about it on the pod and it, it was um you know it was a good ipa it wasn't it didn't blow me away. There's nothing special about it, but I would drink it again. I would definitely have more of it. But if you guys haven't found it yet, you gotta go seek it out. Try some of that resilience to support the to support the wildfire relief. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I I haven't I you know, so truthfully I haven't been to a package store in a while, nor have I been to like a brewery in a minute. So. I'm excited to get to a brewery that's brewed it and try try something new or try it. Yeah, yeah, I have yet to see it either. I've been to a few breweries on like Chris, a few package stores, and I, I still haven't seen it. So um, keep my eyes open, but you know, once I see it for the first time, I definitely will try it, and we can all report back as a group what we thought of it once we finally have yeah, it. Yeah, there's actually a site that friend of the podcast jenna sent me on instagram and it's a site that you can go in and actually it takes your coordinates or your gps location and it'll tell you nearby breweries or package stores to find it so i can send that we'll link it in the show notes and you can take take a peek at that but it's pretty pretty neat thing that that's there so that's cool so no well, that's one pretty cool no co no co-hosts nor guests or nor friends of the pod have any excuses once we link that right 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 in the show notes and e- even natalie right. you can use it too because it's going to a good cause right yeah enemy, hashtag enemy of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah i've been doing my share of drinking um uh, since i've g- come on this this christmas trip um how about your you guys I've been to one brewery, obviously. I've been to Fox Farm since we last talked. We go every Friday night. Um, other than that, no. We had a an ugly sweater party to go to on Saturday, and then pretty much today have done nothing. We've been pretty much just preparing for the holiday and then knowing that we're leaving the day after the holiday. So we really haven't felt the need to go anywhere and gather mass quantities of alcohol. That's good. And um, did you stop at Fox Farm for your featured beer for today? I may have. You'll you'll have to find out. That that might have been my lead in. Oh yeah, let's find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so yes. So in fact, I have. And um, just to encroach on on territory here. Oh boy! Come on! It's been so long. You've been so good recently. I thought I wasn't gonna have to, you know, sue you for everything you own, but. Guess I'm gonna have to. Again, <laughs> got to make Orin earn his money. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. He was getting bored. Is he up there? <laughs> nope, he's not up there. <laughs> the beer I'm going to review today is called Double Burst by, uh, surprise, surprise, Fox Farm Brewery out of Salem, Connecticut. It is their double version of Burst. And if anybody has 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 monitored the Twitter, I actually called out Fox Farm midweek to say that I was going to be reviewing this. So I know Fox Farm is anxiously awaiting to hear my review as well. <laughs> well, yeah, you're like the the Roger and Ebert of, of beer reviews. If you don't say it's good, then people aren't going to go and buy it. Right, Correct. right, right. Unfortunately for them, I only have one thumb. Yeah, I saw that they were releasing this on online, and I was pretty pretty jealous. Not going to lie, because. I mean, I love Burst, and I can only imagine what t- two times Burst is going to be like. Yeah, so this beer is its very bitter. Um, okay. Unlike most double IPAs that you're going to get in New England, this is more along the traditional style, but it's slightly more hazy. Um, definitely a little bit more bitter than you would expect out of a New England double IPA. Uh, a lot of fruit on it, too. A lot of orange. Maybe some star fruit, I guess, if I had to guess the other fruit. Overall, a, a a very solid drinker. Fox Farm is not known for doing I, double IPAs. They kind of shy away from it. And I think it's because they just brew their IPAs a little bit differently than most breweries in Connecticut or New England. Now, what do you mean by differently? So, when you have a double IPA in New England, they tend to be a lot more smooth, fruit forwardness with a, with, and they try to take the bitterness out. Yeah. With Fox Farm, That's they, le- they leave that hot bitterness in. Into their single IPAs. I- into their double IPAs. Okay. Yeah. So, when you, when you drink the double burst, the first thing you get when you're done taking the sip is, wow, there's a lot of bitterness. And that's not the case like with like a treehouse or a trillium where you're kind of like a New England style double IP. Correct. Right. Um, even though this is it's a you know, it's extremely hazy for a for a double IPA in general. So would you say you get more piney notes than fruit notes? No. And that's the that's the weird thing is that I get I get a lot of fruit, like like I said, a lot of orange, a lot of grapefruit. But there's not a lot of pine, but it is very bitter. Interesting. Which makes, which to me makes it a very good beer. But it's just, it's just something different, which is what I come to expect from Fox Farm is that they're going to do things differently, but, but very good. Yeah, I think that's fair to say to them. And and was there any kind of was there a long line when you went for the release day on Friday? No, it was completely empty. Oh. And you know what? That's, I think it must wow, be this time of year weird. people are, are busy, busy Christmas shopping and have all the stuff to do on the last Friday before the holidays. So maybe that was explained some of the deadness. Bottom line, Todd, on a scale of 0 to 5 to 5. I'd give this beer probably a 4.5. Wow, that's very... That's pretty high. I think that was more than I was expecting you to rate them. I, you know, I was, I, I was like in my mind. I mentally rated this beer four and a half. So, <laughs> so Chris, you haven't had this beer? No, I haven't. I haven't had double burst. I've had regular burst. Oh, I was under the impression that this was the first time they came out with double burst. Now, this was a uh, one of their many times they released it. Well, they've released it one other time this year, and I, I, I struggle to remember whether Chris was Chris or yourself were still living in Connecticut when it came out. And so, I didn't know whether or not you guys had had it before, but um, 
I know it's the first time it's been on the pod. So, so Chris, what are you drinking tonight? So, I'm actually uh, following suit with a New England IPA, uh, double IPA. So, we can test Tud's theory about the bitterness not coming through on double IPAs right now. There we go. See? And uh, I'm actually drinking... I gotta tell you, I think mine sounded better. It did not. I heard them both in my in my headphones, but you so I'm gonna leave us in suspense here. I know, right? I'm drinking the Mage from Relic Brewing Company. Oh, I have one of those in my fridge. Yeah, you know, I was I was looking, and I was like, oh, I like I like playing a Mage in most role playing games. So I uh, was like, ah, maybe I'll give the, give this a shot. Plus. It's a pretty cool can. I like it. Anyways, Tud, I know you've been to Relic more often than I have, and over speaking speaking as well. Uh, if you have, if you've been there, but uh, what? Tell us a little bit about Relic Brewing Company. Okay, so uh, Relic is they they are pretty much the the jack of all IPA type brewery in Connecticut. Um, they come out with a different IPA pretty much it's, it seems every single week. That for a while they were the type of brewery that brewed one type of like they brewed one IPA and then wouldn't ever brew it again. And over time they've kind of adopted their best types and have rebrewed them. But it's a it's basically a tiny little shack in the middle of Plainville where you just basically walk in. The guy has 150 different types of whiskeys on the wall that you can drink. Wow. On top of all his beer, you yeah, um, you can buy any of his beers literally right there in his room solid overall they don't get they don't garner a lot of attention in connecticut or new england in general even though they may put out some of the most consistent and best styles of ipas now they didn't make it onto tud's magical mystery brewery tour did they correct they were unfortunately they could they could not make the cut they were an honorable mention i remember that they were on the honorable mention list the reason they did not make the cut is because they didn't fit into the circle. Yeah, we Plainville to was just too far away, out of the way for our Correct. Tour. Had we have just been going with probably my 10 favorite breweries in Connecticut, they would have been up there because they're just so consistent and good and awesome. Um, I do recommend anybody who is looking to go to a brewery in Connecticut to experience the most abundant type of New England style IPA to go to uh, relic because that is the place you're going to have the best new england style ipa experience wow so after that lengthy uh description chris why don't you tell us about the beer yeah this beer is awesome <laughs> uh you know you can definitely tell that it's brewed by a brewery that specializes in ipas i guess to say now very much so tud this i do get a lot of fruit i get a lot of like the grapefruit orange you know that kind of thing. But I do also get quite a bit of bitterness on this. So I'm not, I don't know if this just followed through with your, your Fox farm theory, but it is a very, very good beer. I'm a big, big fan of it. And it's fitting because, you know, spell casters are awesome. So hashtag fun fact about relic is if you go and on their website, they will in fact proudly endorse that they've never fully produced a, quote-unquote New England-style IPA um, because they don't brew it in the traditional, quote-unquote, New England style. So you, you're going to get a lot of uh, bitterness because of that. And what would make it the traditional if they added more hops later in dry hopping? 
or I think it's it, so New England styles. You know, they're 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 no filtered, but at the same time, yeah, they're they're late stage dry hopped. And the guy who owns Relic will, in fact, brew more traditional style IPAs versus dry hopping and that type of stuff. But his IPAs are fantastic. Every single one of them is just mind-blowingly good. Yeah, and this one this one falls right in line. So, I mean, it, it looks a hell of a lot like a New England IPA, and it tastes a lot like New England IPAs. So, um, but it is really, really good. Um, it's eight percent alcohol. Unfortunately, it's a little twelve ounce can, a little baby can. But the- that's another <laughs> one of their calling cards: is they don't they brew maybe two or three beers in sixteen ounce cans, and the rest are six six pack twelve ounce ah, cans. Okay, that's that's interesting. Uh, I do see that they contract can out of Thomas Hooker, which was interesting. Didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Um, but really awesome beer. I'm pretty pretty excited that uh, this was another one that came in that beer trade from a couple weeks ago. So I'm excited that Brianne sent this down. Um, really good. Really, I mean, I'm going to destroy this thing right now. And I would say, I don't know. I don't know if I can quite give it a four and a half, but I'll give it a I'll give it a solid four two five out of five. That's yeah, pretty good, pretty good ranking for a not quite New England style IPA. <laughs> <laughs> but Obert, uh, you've listened to us talk about our beers. Yeah, I'm getting all parched over here. I know your turn. Yeah, so actually, this week uh, I'm breaking with our long-standing uh, titular tradition. And I'm not drinking alone with friends. I uh, split this beer with with my brother in law Justin and my dad. We 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 divvied it up before. I know, I know. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if you're allowed to talk on this podcast now. Mute. We have to. We have a mute button around here. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Just boop beep boop beep boop boop boop. Oh. Yeah. So I, again, breaking with tradition. But you know, I, it's here. It, um, it's the holidays. I'm in New Jersey with. My my sister and her family and my parents are down um, recording in the downstairs bedroom here. But yeah, my dad picked up a special treat from the Total Wine. We have a, uh, a Trappist beer tonight. We have the Chimay uh, Grand Reserve, the Blue Label Chimay Belgian Style Ale. Yeah, and um, because it's a you know, it even says on the label to pour it in a wide mouth glass. So I have it in a coupe glass tonight. You know, it's a solid, dark amber hue, uh, really strong Belgian. Very, you know, when you think of Belgian beer, this is a prime example of what you're going to imagine. Yeah. So while I while I give this beer a sample, have you guys ever had uh, Trappist beers before? And what do you think of them? I've had w- one Trappist beer in my life, and I thought it was really good. Um, I honestly thought it was the brewery that was Trappist, and so I probably didn't realize that it's a style of beer, um, but I did think it was good. How about you, Chris? You know, I haven't, um, and it's it, uh, this might be unpopular opinion, but I'm not a big fan of Belgian beers, so if I were to see something that was advertised as be- a Belgian-style beer, I probably would avoid it, just because... I know, I know myself. I don't really care for them that much. Well, I really want to get into that, but before, I want to just tell you quickly about how this beer tastes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, like I said, it's a very good traditional, you know, you get those strong, wild yeast notes. You get that kind of um, 
raisiny sweetness um, with that I was going to say, do you get sour. a lot of plum? Yeah, you get the plum notes. And again, you get that just that strain of wild sour flavor. And I just can't believe, Chris, that we have gotten 17 episodes into this podcast before learning that you are not a fan of Belgian beers. I'd like to say that it's it's. I'd I'd like to join on the Chris train here. It's Woo-hoo. not my th- it's not my thing either. Um, <laughs> I can appreciate them for what they are, but they tend to be a little too. Boozy is not the right word. I think it's I think it's plum. Uh, no, this is a boozy beer. This one clocks in here at nine percent alcohol. Yeah, it's just it's it's the plum combined with like the the dark currants and the the basically just the the only way I can describe it is plum. And I know I'm I'm I know I'm misscribing that, <laughs> Mis- but it's <laughs> it's it's just something that just. It's too dark, but not dark enough, if that makes any sense. Uh, no, but um, I, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, and I, I don't know. I can't, I can't really explain it. I think it's the malt that they use uh, or, you know, some, some kind of that thing is what gets me because, I don't know, it's just something about the – it's it's like almost an, a weird aftertaste that I'm not I'm not crazy about, and it's like every bell I could I could smell a Belgian from, uh, you know, a glass away, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I just I'm like, well, not gonna like this beer. So I think I gotta stand up for our listeners here and say, you know, because I'm sure there's some listeners. I'm sure there's some listeners here? out there that are shaking their heads as they listen to this podcast right now, but. I'm I'm sad that I've done a disservice to them and haven't brought a Belgian on the pod before because, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a big Belgian fan and I think it is definitely an acquired taste. I think it's not something that um, you're gonna really start your beer career with. I think it's something that you kind of have to grow to enjoy. But I just wanted to share a little bit with you guys uh, in maybe a bit of a hoppy hour segment here. Um, some of what, yeah, been a while since we've done that unplanned hoppy hour. Yeah. (laughs) Some of what, what a Trappist beer is because it is a very distinctive style and it's, um, and it's a quite the honorific for a brewery to be, to be a Trappist brewery. Do they have to qualify? Yes. And actually there was a, a lawsuit with, uh, people illegitimately using the Trappist name because all Trappist beers are brewed by Trappist monks in monasteries. And they're a religious order, and they believe that's make money for their monastery by producing a good that's useful in the world, like beer or cheese or another uh, something that you can sell to people to, that they can they can make use of and enjoy. So that's part of being a Trappist monk is you have to produce something. Holy crap. That's really cool. When you play a drunken monk in like D&D or video games, are they drunk because they're Trappist monks and they drink beer? Like, is that how that works? Or... I mean, I can't confirm if... if I think a lot of times like the drunken monk will be like a, a Buddhist monk. But... um the Trappist monks, they have a very interesting code of conduct. And like I said, there's only, there's, I think there's 11 Trappist breweries in the world. And a lot of them are in Belgium. There's some that are in Germany. 
Um, I think I read there was one in Massachusetts. Treehouse. <laughs> they can't. They can't help but talk about them on the podcast. Right. 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 Yeah. But a um, as a Trappist monkey, you don't. They have. They follow a very strict religious code. And while they don't take a vow of silence, like is commonly believed, they they believe that they should only speak the words that are necessary to be spoken. So they talk as minimally as possible. And like they during their meals, they don't talk at all. And they don't they don't eat anything that has four legs like they don't they'll eat some seafood, apparently. But other than that, they're mostly vegetarian Um, and they kind of pursue a life of perfecting their their beer so that's why it's such a world-renowned beer and um like i said this is from chimay brewery which is probably one of the most famous trappist breweries and if you've seen trappist beers before uh, there's a good chance that's from them i would love to get a chance to go over to belgium and check this brewery out and you can see pictures online, and there it's it's in an old monastery is where they get all the water from. Uh, it's a really cool place. So, just for the listeners' perspective, I did a quick Google search, and the brewery that Obert referred to in Massachusetts is Saint Joseph's Abbey, um, which is in Spencer, Massachusetts, and I obviously I haven't gotten into the whole Wikipedia article, but the Brewery is either called is either referred to as Saint Joseph's Abbey or Spencer Brewery. Personally, drank a lot of beer in New England. Never heard of this place, but after this conversation, I will seek them out to try to bring them to the pod. Yeah, oh, neat. yeah, and they've been around since 2013, whereas um, the Chimay has been around since 1863. So, oh, holy yeah, shit. wow, <laughs> yeah, they you can see how they've become so renowned is that they have they have literally centuries of brewing behind them right oh that's really cool yeah i didn't know literally any of that so <laughs> yeah so and um like i said well, when we you we post the picture you might recognize the label it's kind of got a couple floor de lee it looks like very european style um and next time you see them in the, the liquor store you know now you'll know a little bit behind the story of of the whole brewery and the the devotion of these monks to making the perfect beer that they that they can and and how it's like they find it their their mission in in life to brew the best beer they can. Is that all Chimay brews is Trappist style? Yes, and they have a couple of different um like the one I'm drinking is the blue label. Um and they produce I believe uh four different styles of of beer. They have the blue also known as the Grand Reserve. It's described as a copper brown beer with a light creamy head and a slightly bitter taste. It's considered to be the classic Chimay ale and exhibits considerable depth of fruity, peppery character. I would call that like the most traditional Belgian style beer that they have. They also have a red, which is kind of like a double or um, a dopel, and it's more of a sweeter beer. They have the triple, which is in a golden label. Triple, right? Yes, it's the label is the Chimay Triple T R I P L E, but it is a Tripel style T R I P E L. I know it's a little confusing, but it's definitely the hoppiest and driest of those three beers. And then they also have a Chimay Doreen, which is a golden beer, um, but it, and it's you can only available at the Abbey where they brew the beer. 
So that so let me end happy hour there and say Chime, check him out. And now that I know we have, I'm the only Belgian fan on the podcast. I'll have to feature more of them. <laughs> Belgians and tequila, the uh, two the two things I'll have to bring to the podcast to to complete our 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 triad of of alcohol loving. Right, right, right. Yep, there you go. That's what you got to do. Um, so Todd, I I heard that there was some follow up news that we had to discuss. Yeah, so this is not we're not going to play what's in the news. Unfortunately, uh, we're going to bring that back what probably game next is that? week. What is <laughs> the news? Oh, that game. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, we'll probably bring that back next week, but I did have a news segment follow-up that I wanted to bring to the pod because I know it was a big success the first time we brought it around. So I think around episode six or seven or eight, we had talked about the fact that there was this woman who was dating a ghost. She was engaged to a ghost, right? She was engaged they to a ghost, correct. So so I have news to report that they did in fact get married. Okay. But as of this pa- as of this past week, the woman and the ghost are now separated. Oh, and no. Has bad news. And have gotten a divorce. Oh, wow. no. Wow. Now, now, I know that this sounds completely made up and full of bullshit, but this is a real story. That um, apparently this woman and her 300-year-old ghost husband have now officially been separated and are divorced. I gotta say, how bad of a wife do you have to be where if your husband can totally disapparate and and leave you and yet still that's not enough space the the ether is not a far enough distance away where he's like you know what i i can't this is still too much you know what just even though i could leave you forever l- legally being married to you is painful enough. yeah <laughs> i feel the pull across the ether of your nag <laughs> oh man i really thought they were gonna make it i know i feel bad yeah, for so... that woman she couldn't even find love in the afterlife well i guess i guess here's the question who do you feel worse for her or the ghost that's a good a good point mm. i think it's got to be her because like she's got to continue with the rest of her life to know that she could not only could she not keep a human husband but she could not keep an ethereal husband e- either that's a good point yeah but I mean, could you imagine being the ghost though? Like you go to your ghost your ghost hunting lodge and you're talking about how you how you nabbed this this hot biddy who's still alive. Yeah, in the flesh. And in the flesh, yeah. And you know, you're talking her up and then all of a sudden you're like, Sorry boys, back to back to Boozville for me. <laughs> Which is what ghosts call the, the ghost <laughs> dating scene. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine his response? He's probably like I couldn't get any sleep when I was dating her. Now I can finally get some eternal yeah, rest. Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe that finally released his spirit to <laughs> to to pass through this mortal world. His 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 last uh, his last thing holding him to the earth was uh, to break a young woman's heart. So that was you know that was it. <laughs> I just I'm really curious what that counseling session was like. Was it like <laughs> it was? I'm imagining it was you know the the wife. The, the marriage counselor and a Ouija board. <laughs> it just kept going back to the no, the no spot. Do you, uh, so, um, Greg, half. I want half. Greg, Greg the ghost. Um, do you, do you still, do you still love Linda? The planchette just no. keeps going towards goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's that's heartbreaking stuff. I really, you know, it is. But at the same time, it's also great news for the pod because it's just good content. I mean, anytime we can talk about somebody divorcing a ghost, it's going to come up. Yeah, yeah. So what? One out of one so far. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Oh man, that's funny. So I, I do have a, I have a, a quick news article too, and maybe, oh, maybe will it'll you share part. with us, Chris? What is the news? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, so Dana sent me a uh, article about a brewing company up in Alaska that only serves in half or full pours. They are anti flights. They just they're like, you know what? We have a bunch of beers on tap. We want you to choose one and we want you to stick to it and, you know, be okay with the fact that you're not going to be able to try all the beers. That's Unless like you're the really breweries. motivated. <laughs> right. <laughs> unless, unless you have a lot of time or a very strong liver, I guess. Yeah. So they're, th- that's like their official stance. They've been around for like nine years and that they've never, never served flights, never will. So I wanted to ask what your guys' thoughts were on that. I got to say, I'm not, I'm not upset with it. I think there are breweries in Connecticut, I can think of a few, to not name any by name, that don't do flights and they only do pours and half pours. Does it, does it rhyme with box barn? It, it might rhyme with box barn. Um, they, they only do pours and half pours, but I can also think that... Um, there's another one down in Haddam that only does pours and half pours as well. And I think it's I think it's just the wave of the future. I mean, if you think about it from a flight standpoint, I mean, you're charging $10 for maybe four or five beers, maybe $10, $12 um, versus you could charge four to $5 per half pour. Why would you why would you do the flight? And I think there's something to be said about, uh, you know, there's been plenty of beers I've had where maybe in the first couple of sips, I didn't really fully appreciate it. But as I drink more of the beer and as it warms up and, and I and I fully get it all over my palate, I really start to appreciate it. I could see that that, that being a good choice. I don't know if it's particularly... I'm, well, I'm glad we're talking about it because it's a good topic of discussion. But I don't see that being a particularly groundbreaking or newsworthy thing like if i if all that was all tough to get your brewery famous i would start a brewery that would only poured like 18 ounce beers and be like oh, you gotta come here you could get beers in 15 ounces 18 ounces or, or 0.623 liters <laughs> that's it yeah we're not doing we're not doing any of those wussy 12 ounce pours yeah, no, I, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. And and I mean, the more we're, we're talking about it is like, OK, yeah, you do get different flavors as the beer warms up. But I don't know. I'm I am. I'm very much a flight person. Like if I go to a brewery with like 15 to 20 beers on tap, I want to get a couple flights and, you know. Well, I mean, try, Chris, try is, Chris and Ty, both of you have the same M.O. And that is you got to check them in. That's you, you got to try every as many beers as possible. Yeah, I mean, I do try to try new beers no matter where I go. So, um, and yeah, I don't know. I just I like trying all the different styles, all the different types, and you know, even though sometimes it's like, oh, I'm gonna have four IPAs, I guess. But I don't know. I just uh, 
I, I, I really enjoy the flights. I think I, I, I'm not going to say that it's a deal breaker. Like if I go to a brewery and they're like, oh, sorry, we don't do flights. I'm not going to be like, oh, well, I'm leaving. <laughs> Goodbye. But <laughs> yeah, bye. I tend to, I tend to agree with the breweries. I think that, you know, they're, they're, their job is to make the most money possible, and if they can make more money doing half pours and full pours, see, I don't think that's more their power job. To them. I think their job is to make yeah. your beer experience as enjoyable as possible. Yeah, I don't, I, and I don't think it's a money pull thing. I think it's just they're, they're like, hey, you make a decision, and you stick with it. All our beers are good. I think that's their that's their motto versus the oh, I can make an extra fifty cents off of this versus I don't know. And if their beer is good, more power to them that they can force people to buy half pours. Or if they're that confident in their their brewing ability to offer half pours and not and not do flights, cheers to them. Which I mean, next time I'm in Alaska, I'll have to check them out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say I've ever been now, there. Where so. is this brewery? It is in Alaska. I don't know exactly where. Yeah, one of the larger states. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> top um, one. You know. <laughs> It's definitely in the top one of larger states. Yeah, the the big the big one. That's what they that's what we call Alaska down here. <laughs> the big one. Yeah. So it's about that time of the pod where uh we wanna transition and raise our frosty mug of wisdom in our handles and give out a tip or trick for a tip or trick for life. And given that this is the last pod before the new year, we thought that we'd bring in a little bit of a theme of things that we've learned over the past year or things that we hope to achieve over the next year. And with that, I'm going to lead it off with Obert. All right. Obert. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm going to say this is going to be a a less traditional uh, handle hoisting for me this week. Um, 2018 was a big year for me probably the biggest change of any year I've had in my whole life. And, um, you know, I'm really thankful for this podcast and to be able to talk with you guys every week about beer and alcohol and drinking alone with friends. And here, here, I got to say one Ooh. thing that I learned in 2018 that I want to carry forward into 2019 is, uh, no, just how important it is to stay in touch with your friends. So my, my handle for this week, for all you listeners out there, if there's you know a friend who you didn't talk to that much in 2018, you should reach out, say hi, wish them a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Um, I'm sure they'd be glad that you did. So my 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 handle on the Frosty Mug Wisdom this this week is uh, go talk to somebody who you haven't talked to. You're you've neglected your relationship with them. That's my um, what's that that radio DJ? What's her name? Uh, Delilah. That's my Delilah handle for the week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So sorry to be a little sappy, but do you uh, have a do you have a friend in particular that you're thinking of as you're saying this? Um, no. You know what? It's really just uh, having talked to you guys so much for the last couple. You know, the last seventeen weeks. It's uh, really made me appreciate you know having you guys as friends so this is uh, I'm, I'm raising the, the mug to you guys as well yeah that's that's a good one that's a good one so with that i want to hand off um the the mug to to the guy who came into 2018 with a newborn baby and now leaves with a with a toddler 
Yeah, and that like that eats me up saying that he's he's a toddler now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, another sappy one here is uh, you know I learned how to be a dad over the last year, and I mean I tell you what, you hear it from everybody, and I tell you what, I tell you what, I've heard that's really uh, easy, you hear right? From, Just being a dad. Yeah, everybody tells you it's not the same. You you have no idea what it's like to be a parent until you're a parent. You can't imagine, you can't imagine anything and all this stuff. And man, it it's just it's just all true. Like, um, it's hard at 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 like you know it's hard all the time. But especially at first, it's hard. Like you don't know what the kid wants, and the kid doesn't sleep, and but you love him anyway. And then like I don't know, just seeing him grow and seeing CJ, he's like my favorite part of every day. Like, and, uh, yeah, just learning how to be a dad. It's uh crazy. And I, it turns out I'm pretty good at it <laughs> and, uh, I wouldn't trade it. Toot your own horn or anything, right? No, no, that kid loves me. So, um, but I mean, it, it's something that I wouldn't trade for anything in the entire world. And it's that, I know that's the sappiest one that's, ever going to be but i love my son so very much and he 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 i don't he doesn't even quite understand how much he means to me yet so uh but yeah being a dad was definitely the biggest thing that happened to me and learning how to be a dad was the biggest thing that happened to me in in 2018 so here you know gonna continue learning in 2019 but yeah that's that's mine that's my uh my 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 recollection on 2000 2018. So, Tud, what do you got? What's next? So, I'm going to take this a little bit opposite of both of you guys, apparently, because you guys both talked about the the prior year, and I'm going to talk about the year going forward. Oh, but that's good. I'm glad we la- la- saved you for last. Exactly. So, 2019 is going to be a big year for myself. I'm getting married in July, so that's a huge... Yay! Uh, yeah, so that's a huge thing in my life uh, coming up in this new year. But at the same time, um, you know, we've also been looking at houses and looking at where we want to build our life going forward for at least the next few years. Tennessee, uh, you know, wherever the, wherever the chips happen to fall, maybe Montana chasing fucking grizzly bears down. So it's here's to 2019. 2018 was a great year for me. 2017 was a really shitty year just based on family issues. I think that 2019 is going to be an even better year and I'm just going to raise my glass to 2019 and cheers. And here we go. Here, here. I yeah. mean, let's, let's all, well, we can all, we can all hoist our mug to that. All three handles at once to 2019 being a great year going forward for three of us, the podcast, all of our listeners. Let's all cheers to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I will say, you know, 2018 sucked a little bit because I had both of you guys move away. But at the same time, yeah. we started this awesome pod. And how can you go wrong with that? Too, yeah. So. Yeah. No, I mean, I know Obert touched on it, but this podcast has been really, really awesome. Uh, and I'm glad that people get a kick out of listening to it because, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun to do. And I get to talk to two of my best friends in the entire world every week, which is which is, you know, we probably talk more now than we did when we lived in the same state. <laughs> that's that's, that's also true. A good point. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but but it's uh it's it's been a it's been a lot of fun. So I've I've really enjoyed it. So and with that, uh, thank everybody for listening. Uh, you know, happy New Year, Merry Christmas for anybody who's listening in past this point. Um, I'd like to thank Fox Farm Brewery for. 
providing us providing me with double burst i'd like to thank relic brewing for the mage and i want to thank the trappist monks out of chimay for their grand reserve blue label trappist beer i'd like to invite everybody to follow us on instagram facebook and twitter um and untapped at d-a-w-f podcast uh just a quick update yeah you know so i'd just like to announce as you all know we have been running a contest to reach 500 instagram followers we over the past week have hit that mark. Woo! Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. So we finally hit 500 followers, and we are going to uh, do a little bit of a giveaway. So you know, with the holidays, just keep an eye on the Instagram. We're gonna have rules uh, and how to get entry, gain entry, and to get winning some pretty cool stuff. So make sure you keep an eye out, and thank you so much for following us, and continue to tell your friends because. Uh, you know, with you know, thanks to you guys, people start to listen more and all that, all of that fun stuff. And that's what helps us be able to do this podcast. So continue sharing, continue following and, you know, let let everybody know. And also, I'd like to take this moment in time to announce that we also are going to start a new contest of reaching just 200 followers on Twitter. Just 200? Do, Come on, we could do just better 200. than that. Those are rookie numbers. Those are rookie numbers, but we got to get there. <laughs> At DAWF Podcast on Twitter, please make sure you follow that. Once we reach 200 followers, we're going to give away a really cool prize as well. Just kind of just kind of trying to butt up on this 500 Instagram follower type thing. Um, hashtag, make sure you guys hashtag follow the email at dawfpodcast at gmail.com make sure you you're sending your comments questions general thoughts concerns as always send your hatred there too uh we'll make sure we just make sure we click the trash can icon on that and delete that make sure you're also emailing us about wanting stickers because we have a, a whole bunch of them by the way everybody who's listening to this and also is getting a christmas present from me this year you're all getting a sticker for christmas and by the way we're going to sell your address to the to the Mormon vampires. That's who we're uh, selling. Mormon vampires are definitely coming to your house. Just <laughs> like they the came ones, to Chris's house last week at 2 a.m. They're coming to your house at 3 a.m. this week. Yeah. And with that, I'm Ted. My name's Chris. And I'm Obert. And remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. So do you guys not have any cool res- New Year's resolutions? Uh, uh, I worry about that usually December 31st at around 11.45-ish. Yeah. That's what I think about the resolution for the next